about Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know That was great sounds watch with outside of WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven Myself Preston with my partner in crime Long Island raised Elm City made EZ Blues is in the building EZ Blues you're better with introductions more than me Who do we have with us today on the program? Ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you, one of the key things in this world is to hold on to the wonder, to hold on to the magic that is this world. When we can hold on to the perspective and we can be brought back to just that moment of awe, then all the problems of our world can disappear if only for a moment. For that and that alone, we get to go on these incredible journeys, get to see people bend reality. And that is amazing. I've been around this planet for many, many, many moons. And for all of those moons, I'm constantly in wonder when you have these incredible prestidigitation people. That's right. I used a $50 million word, prestidigitation. And for those who can't look up the word right now because you're driving or your Google is not, you're like, Siri, look up prestidigitation. No, it's magic. Magic is one of the most key things in this world. It gives us hope. It gives us freedom. It gives us wonderment. And it takes away just a little bit of the droll that is life. And for that and that alone, I want you to put your hands together. Not if you're driving. If you're driving, please keep your hands at 10 and 2 because we don't need any accidents. But mentally, put your hands together for the fantastic, the amazing, the incredible Chris Langlo. How are you, brother? Welcome. Well, now I'm nervous after that uh, intro. <laughs> now I got a magician nervous. Easy, my goodness! This is a there first. you go. That's oh, the key. Man. That's the key. That means you should be, that, you that, should be in the wrestling business. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, it's funny because in March I will be actually doing my first wrestling uh, uh, thing, which is funny. Oh, that's all. Awesome. I'm a huge wrestling fan. Oh, huge we, we, we are too. Fan. We are too. We can go on and on, but you know, this is not a yeah. This, this is about you. <laughs> it's just the way, the way that he introduced you too. He's like yeah. easy blues, and in the mind, back of my mind, I'm going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of wrestling, you did a, a trick in front of Scott Hall. Like I did. That that's um, something you can tell your grandkids, bro. So I've actually done <laughs> yeah. a couple. I, I've done magic in front of a couple of wrestlers. I've mm -hmm. done magic for Scott Hall, uh, for Linda McMahon. Oh wow, uh, that that was weird because it was during her political campaign. Ooh. Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Matt Hardy, and Rebby Hardy sat there and broke apart how I did one of my tricks to each other oh and were God. completely wrong. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite one. I think my favorite one was Paul Heyman because wow. I ran into him, literally ran into him in Times Square. They were doing promo for SummerSlam. I believe it was the year that it was Heyman and Orton. I think, and um, there's like a crowd and I'm doing magic in Times Square and all of a sudden, like somebody sees I had a Chris Jericho shirt on at the time and the guy taps me on the shoulder. He's like, dude, that's Paul Heyman. And I'm like, no, there's, that's not Paul Heyman. And I go over, I'm like, that's Paul Heyman. Oh, I need wow. to take advantage of this. So I did magic for Paul Heyman. What? Um, that oh, was a pretty cool one. And I can tell you right now, he is the exact same person on screen as <laughs> off screen. And I was such a mark. 
but I had to hide it because I know he doesn't like meeting Mark. So I was like, oh. you know, Mr. Heyman, it's really nice to meet you. Thank you yeah. for everything you did with ECW. He yeah. didn't want to hear any of that. He's like, are you watching my advocate this weekend? And I'm like, yes, I am, Mr. Heyman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was cool. And then I, so I got to perform for him and I, I was doing some like old New York uh, scam games with him. And it was, it, it was pretty insightful. And the only thing is he didn't want to film it, but we got a picture together. So, and that's like nice. one of my holy grails on my Instagram. <laughs> now, what's super interesting is, you know, first of all, how exactly did this magical journey start? Did you like read the Chronicles of Narnia? And have you been looking for the the wardrobe since then? Or, no. you know, I, no. hey, people want to know. My mom called me into her room one day after school and said, hey, that weird guy is on TV again. Now, mind you, this is 2006, wow. like mid-May of 2006. And who was the guy who was like the cream of the crop ooh, yeah, of magic was Chris Angel. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so she calls me in and I, I physically watched a man on my television walking on water across a pool. And right. I saw like the women he was getting, the money he was making, the cars he was driving, you know, the hotel deals that he had. And I'm like, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. So um, here in Connecticut, there was a a magic shop in West Haven on Campbell Avenue. So I I started taking like, you know, very, very beginner lessons, you know, just how to like talk to people, very simple moves. And a a lot of it, I'll be honest with you, was stuff I didn't even want to learn, but you know, in a case like with what I do, you have to learn the absolute basics before you go and branch out and start getting good at what you already want to become good at. And I mean, it worked. So I took lessons there for a little bit. And the the guy that owned the shop and I became very, very close, almost like a father son relationship because my father really wasn't uh, in a lot of my life around that time. So he kind of like jumped in as a father figure. But when the mm. magic shop closed, he gave me all the stuff in the shop. So I basically oh, inherited wow. that. So I'm sitting there going, what do I do with all of this? I, I don't have a store. So I started dabbling in it and played around. I would bring it to school because you know, I was a mark and um, started just started performing for people. And I got extremely bullied when I was in middle school in the beginning Ooh. of high school. But like eventually everybody came around and started realizing, hey, you know, this is pretty cool. I started doing a television show for public access. It was called Don't Blink, and it was the worst atrocity I think I've ever watched in my life. Uh, To the point, I get people every once in a while, they will dig it out of their DVD collection and send me a picture on Facebook. And I'm like, dude, just burn it. (laughs) Like, we don't need that. (laughs) that, That's the old life. I mean, it was bad. I was walking around school in between class filming magic for a television show that like eight people watched. But um, after that, I graduated. I moved to New York City. That's where I learned how to hustle, how to market, how to talk to people, uh, how to get in with the right crowd, how to dress, how to act, you know, how to hold things, which, believe it or not, in magic is a very important thing. And I, I'll get further into that in a, in a little bit. But um, uh, then I was dumb and I chased the girl back to Connecticut and I've been here ever cool. since. But I love Connecticut, so I don't really mm-hmm. plan on leaving. I think I'm the only resident here who actually likes the state. So I, I plan on uh, building my brand here. Kind of like right. Chris Webb. Chris Webby is so like set. He lives out in Norwalk. I know mm-hmm. the guy. He's a good dude. Um, I did I did magic for one of his uh, Toad's Place events, and we just started vibing. But he's the same way. Like he'll travel all over the world, but it's like he knows that Connecticut's his home, so that's where he stays. Mm. Yeah. 
True. I'm sorry that's if that was a long winded. No, 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 that was awesome. I'd also, I'd also like to say I am, I am, an, I am another resident who absolutely. I'm, I'm from Long Island, right? And oh, okay. I prefer, okay. I prefer Connecticut. Where are you in now? Or where, where are you around now? If you don't want to give away your hometown. Oh, I don't care. I'm, I'm in New Haven, bro. Oh, okay, I'm, Antonia. Yeah, yeah, yes. we're in. Okay, very close by. Oh, yeah. Well, just well, means you're gonna hang out more. Here, here's, here's Easy's uh, uh, dilemma right now. You see now. He lived in Long Island, right. all right? He moved to New Haven. Now he gets the pizza hype. Mm. No, I don't. No, man, come on. You can't see, tell no. me. See, it's see not that's good. a whole debate. It's that's the whole good. debate with Easy. It's not good. He will always talk about, about his New York pizza, why it's, why, it's, why it's superior. Okay. No, no, no hold on, Haven. hold on. It's nothing to do. It, it, it's really like, like for example, I went, I went to the one big namer who I'm not going to name. I'm not going to call out. I, I don't do that. But I went right, to one right. of the big namers. And the sauce was completely tasteless. It had no seasoning in it at all. The, I know what the, you're talking about. No. Uh, you know, it was it was burnt beyond the point of of. of the cook edible. had a bad day. The, uh, the cook <laughs> had a bad day. The cook had a bad day. The guy who made the sauce had a bad day. The guy who put the cheese on it made a bad day. You it was know, just a bad day all around. Easy was the victim. Or of that the fact day. that okay, it's, it's or the fact that a a designer pizza. Oh man, got you said famous designer. all over. All over yes. the country, and that makes sense because that's what happened. Because if you look at all those those top five things, the designer pizza is number one, but two, three, and four are mozzarella, sauce, yep. and dough, and in New yep. York. I mean, let, look, I've had every pizza place in New York that that people talk about. I've been to John's on Bleecker. I've been to Grimaldi's. I've been to you know uh, Joe yeah. and Pat's. I've, or not Joe mm. and Pat's. Um, is it Joe and Pat's out in Manhattan? I think so. so yeah, believe so. Uh, but, you know, basically all the all the big spots the Barstool went to. You know, I've been there. Don't get me wrong; they're fantastic. I it's something it. in the water. I swear. I believe it. But yep, I just to me, New Haven just first off, it's not burnt; it's charred. Um, Thank but, you. Uh, Carcinogens are bad for you. Thank but, you. But the whole thing with me is, I I'm a very plain guy. I get cheese and I get, and that's it. But I always get it well done because people yeah. are like, "Oh, it's so greasy." Get it well done. It cooks the it cooks the grease out of the cheese. But I mean, everybody's got their own opinions. I'm different. not yeah. knocking you know, New York pizza at all. Me either. Some right. of the right. best pizza I've ever had is in New York. But mm -hmm. you know, I grew up with Peppies and Sally's and Modern and, and Abates and mm -hmm. um, you know, Ernie's and Emil's, mm -hmm. Mike's. Yeah. You know, and, talk and, to and, me. Um, Talk to What's me. It, parties. The you know, parties. So I, I was about to say some parties. Talk to me. Yes. Yes. Oh, Zupar, Zupar, all, all, of oh, yeah. all of that being said, like out here, mm -hmm. I love Whaley. I love I love Amity. I Am actually I, res I respect I respect um um I respect Sally's. <laughs> I, I like their sauce. Sally's um, has good sauce, yes. Mod mod modern does have a tendency to over over oil their stuff uh, a lot. Um that but I still I still like them. I still okay. like them. You know they're still they're still there. Um, notice there there's one that I didn't mention, and that's yep, all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yep. Because they don't uh, know how to make pizza. The 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 commercialized one, the one that uh the, the one that got into their head a little bit. And I will admit, after their co-founder passed away, they have gone downhill. Okay. So. All right. All valid statements. All valid statements. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm leaning more toward Chris's side. <laughs> hey, I'm not taking sides here. I'm saying locations yes. have amazing pizza. The, I, have, I agree. I agree know, with you. You Hands cannot top New York water. No, okay. you cannot. No, because there's no fluoride. 
That that that's no. fair. And you know, we, we we all know that you know Tony Bag of Donuts is still running it. You know, but <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. But hey, <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They haven't fixed it. They didn't oh, break. Excuse it. me. His name is Uncle Tony Bag of Donuts. Thank you oh, very much. Sorry. Uncle Tony Bag of Donuts. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You have a little bit of Italian in you. I can tell. That's so you got to make sure you. No, call I'm actually uncle. no part Italian, but I grew up no. two of my best Lies. Lies. You're Italian by injection, if nothing else. <laughs> oh wow, that's the first time I ever heard that. Wow. So is that is can I can I now? Does, does that mean I could start doing this? Of course you can do this. You, right, spent time. You, you lived in New York for a little bit. We talk like this, whether you're Italian or not. I was going to say, it's funny because if I get mad, like my, my Brooklyn accent starts to come mm -hmm. out a little bit, you know, like, like if, if I got to yell at the kid for something, I'll be like, well, you know, what are you doing? Come on, come on, let, let, let's right. go. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. insane because like, I, I like to be well-spoken and I like to pronounce mm -hmm. my words very, very nicely, you know, because I've have, I entertain, it is what it is. Yeah. But when I get aggravated, I'm straight up out of Goodfellas. And I didn't grow up in by like and no one I knew had a tracksuit that wasn't on the track team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. But like I get aggravated and it's just straight up like I'm going to find a place to bury your body. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's ridiculous. There's been yeah, times I had to take easy out of rooms. Plenty of times. <laughs> Plenty of times I had to take easy out the room and just calm him down. Be his little, be be his unpaid therapist a couple times because he's gonna he, be like, "Hey, calm yeah. down, buddy." Here, here. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it it clearly wasn't his fault, but I just had to take him out the room <laughs> respectfully. But as a magician, yeah, but as a magician, <laughs> how do you handle hecklers? When we get back to I, I mess with them actually, gotcha. so. I love it when hecklers come to my show because I'll embarrass you, you know, like mm. I, uh, you know, being a fan of professional wrestling as much as I am, I've actually been able to take what I've learned from watching wrestling and being involved with the wrestling business. And I become the heel. Mm -hmm. The second that I hear, like if I take out a deck of cards and I hear, Oh, I know that trick. Uh, okay, cool. I bring the person up and, mm -hmm. and this is, I'm notorious for this. I bring the person on stage. I hand them my cards and I go and sit in their seat and say, mm. ladies and gentlemen, this guy's going to do a magic trick for us now. <laughs> Guess what? They don't, they don't continue. <laughs> no, not at all. And, you know, I have been very surprised. There, right. there was one instance where there was a guy who came up who did a little bit of magic as a hobby and he managed to do a trick. And he mm. came up to me after the show and I was like, dude, you kind of threw me off guard there. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I just really wanted to be up on stage. I'm like, there's better ways to do it. But you, would <laughs> you know, that would be like going into the ring and freaking, you know, uh, yeah. giving, giving Roman a spear and just saying, oh, I just wanted to go into a wrestling ring. Oh, there's man. better ways to do it, bro. You don't go in there and mess with the performers. But I mean, I've had people, I've had people, and I'll admit I feel bad for them. People who have bought a ticket to my show and genuinely don't enjoy themselves because mm. they're sitting there trying to pick apart everything I'm doing. And mm. I'm like, I'm like, that would be the equivalent of going to see Saw and then right. sitting there and picking apart the mechanics of all of the traps and how right. they work instead right. of the theatrics of, oh, wow, this is what this does. And this is what, um, you know, this is the result of it instead. You, and, and it kind of ruins it. Mm. Well, no, see, that's True. what's super interesting, because for the longest time, especially coming out of like the late 80s through the 90s, there were magicians that were out there showing how the tricks were done, which yep. is a huge, huge um, forget you 
because we're on the radio. It's a yeah. huge forget you to the history of, you know, the music, uh, magicianship, you know, it's one of the things that I, I really absolutely love. And I, I love how you, you stated before, you know, um, you know, you did things until you, you were good at them. And there has to be those basics because that's yeah. every art form out there. Right. You cannot be an amazing, you know, uh, graffiti artist unless you know how to cut a line. Exactly. You're you not going to go in the guitar center and pick up a guitar and then start playing eruption like Van, like Eddie Van Halen. Right. On your first day. Trust. I know I play guitar. Eddie Van Halen is my hero mm. and I'm still working on things like right. it doesn't come overnight. But if you're dedicated enough and if you're passionate enough and you show that drive, then, yeah, you're going to be good at it. And it took me a long time to figure out exactly what my niche was because I, so I'm like, my main thing is close up magic, David Blaine style magic, only I don't put, you know, nails through my hand and spit up frogs and all of that. But it's the sleight of hand aspect of it. I've studied right. it for 18 years now. And I can, you know, without sounding cocky, without sounding arrogant, I am very good at what I do. Yeah. But I've also been doing this as my full-time job for 18 years. Mm. So in a way you have to be good at it, but you also have to be humble enough to where you can say, yeah, you know, like I could do this. It, 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 this is pretty cool, but you know, check this out. You know, it, it's right. not just about the trick, it's the story that goes with the trick. It's, it's the experience that I give to the person watching me. Right. And that I feel like is the ultimate um, I, talent is right. the fact that I can I can sit there and make complete strangers get along with each other, just even if it's for a little while. Well, no, and, and that is one of the key things and, and something that people can really, I think, became highlighted, re-highlighted in the culture um, around the time that Americans got, America's Got Talent came back on the mm -hmm. air. Because you yep. really got to take a look at, you know, how how these artists, and I'm going to say artists, how these yep. artists were, were telling their story, um, you know, and that, that one guy, I think his name was Dustin, um, which was talking about adopting his nephew and, you know, all this kind of stuff and told this incredible story and then like would bring the kids out, you know, right. at the end of it. And, you know, and, like millions of dollars, you win millions of dollars, sir, because that, <laughs> was, that was beautiful. Um, they, they, by the way, they don't get the million up front with America's Got Talent. Oh, no. Oh. I know, I know a couple of guys who were on the show and I know mm -hmm. two guys that won the show and, um, not as they as as they portray it on television granted they're doing very well for themselves right. um i know somebody who made it to the semifinals of america's got talent and, and was busy legitimately had a gig every other day for four years straight just because oh, of wow. the American talent clip and he didn't win you know mm -hmm. so that i think that's a lot of the reason why people go on and do it but i want to i want to uh circle back to what you were saying about exposing magic and how it was big mm -hmm. in the 80s and the 90s that the masked magician mm -hmm. was a huge one mm -hmm. and yeah, um, son of a gun oh yeah he uh and, and he got blacklisted from las vegas because of that because mm -hmm. it turns out that the guy who was doing the show under the mask had a contract with one of the uh, casinos out there but because they you know dubbed his voice and they didn't tell you who it was when they finally peeled his mask off at the very end of the series, the casino was like, you're get out. You're done. You're fired. <laughs> we don't want you're fired. We don't want you here anymore, dude. Like, um, but at the same time, Penn and Teller have been doing it since the eighties. They've been exposing magic tricks in a way. Um, 
you know, there's there's a clip if you could look it up on YouTube. The very beginning of the show, they're standing behind a plate glass window, and, and it, uh, it was a, a one way was it a one way mirror or two way mirror where you could see through the other side. Um, but either way, that's what it was. It was a frame, and the glass would come in, and, and uh, like the frame would close, and the glass would shatter, and they would jump out of it, and like you know, zip line down to the stage. Well, the first thing they do when that show was expose how they did it, and then they had two thousand people in the theater do a magic trick with them that you would have to buy at a magic shop. So like, right. but at the same time, it's like you could expose magic as long mm-hmm. as you could do it with a little bit of respect of, of, um, you know, this is what it takes to make it. This is what the thought process is. Um, and you know, kind of do it your own way. Once you figure this out, not just, Oh, this is how it's done. Ha ha. You know, that's, that's why fool us has become such a popular show because mm-hmm. people tune into that show thinking that if they don't fool Penn and Teller, they're going to get the trick revealed and Penn and Teller reveal it, but they use code and it's code yeah. that magicians would know, but layman wouldn't, which is if I hear Penn say something, a specific word, I'm like, ah, okay. Now I can watch it back and I can go and, and, and look at that. But I mean, like if I were to tell you that there was a turtle on stage, you guys wouldn't know what I was talking about when it comes to, I a, wouldn't know what you're point. talking about. WNHH LP 103.5 FM, New Haven, myself, Preston, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm city made EZ blues is in the building. Chris, I hope I didn't lose your train of thought. Go right ahead. Nope, no, no, no. I, I was kind of expecting that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but like, like if I if I were to tell you that a turtle is on the stage and and the the magician's doing a a, a magic trick with a coin, you're gonna right. be like, it wasn't a turtle on stage, but I know what they're talking about. Right. So, um, you can reveal magic. I I believe that if you if you reveal magic that you have to physically pay for, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you reveal magic like a like a, a self working mathematical card trick with decks of cards. Right. That's okay because it's math. You could buy a deck of cards. You're not paying for a secret that somebody spent three years developing and then sold yeah. to the magic circuit. And, you know, you're just some random guy who's got money who buys the thing, sets it up, figures out how it's done, and then exposes it. So that way that person who created the trick, who a lot of them I know, are now not making the money that they deserve because their trick is now out in the public for anybody right. to see and duplicate. Mm. It's so interesting because that's kind of like – streaming for musicians <laughs> yeah you know yeah I, really, if you think about it yeah you know, you know that, that, that's why i still that's why i still buy physical copies of albums yeah no it's, oh, it's super still important. you could still buy yeah. physical copies of albums now yeah uh, yes, i read that best buy was just getting rid of everything getting rid best of the yeah, but that just copies, means you can buy them directly from the artist now though which means that yeah, money goes true. directly to the artist yeah but, you know Bandcamp. Although I'm sure it's going to get evil at some point because they just got bought out by some sort of overlord. But Bandcamp right now, <laughs> most of the money goes directly to the artists themselves. Go oh, yeah, no, I like said it. It's fine. Like that, 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 that's something that I support. You know, I, I want yeah. I want these artists getting their credit. I want them getting their due. You know, it just. It makes me sick how many people I know that are musicians that if if one of their songs went on the radio, they'd mm-hmm. be a hit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And there's so much 
better than the guys that are on the radio now. Like personally, I do not like country music. I think it all sounds the same. I think it's repetitive. I think it panders. I think they're faking their accents. They all write about the same things, but I know people that write country music that Mm -hmm. write songs that are so much better than the guys that are on the radio today, who you can't even tell the difference between because their voices all sound the same and they got the same licks and tracks that they're using for every song. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's one of the things, and and I love I, I love how we can actually bring this into the the magic world. But that's one of the things um, in music, in particular. You know, it's a lot harder to break through when you are different. Yes, is yes, that absolutely. the same type of aspect in magic, or does being different help you break in even more? So. I feel because there are people that are very different that are out there. If you get the chance, look up Dan Sperry. Uh, Dan Sperry is like. He's a he's a modern day Chris Angel, because hmm. I always describe Chris Angel to people who don't know who he is. I'm like, take David Copperfield and Hot Topic and make him have a baby. Um, oh. Yeah, but like, That's an ugly baby. Oh yeah, seriously. I mean, think about it. Especially now that you've got Chris Angel doing David uh, David Copperfield's stunts like on stage, but it just looks like he raided the clearance section of Hot Topic, you know, and maybe Spencer's. I don't know, but like. Look up Dan Sperry. Dan Sperry is a gothic magician. He was on America's Got Talent. I think he made it to like the third or the fourth round before he got booted. But um, yeah, a very, very different approach to magic, but he's very smart in how he does it. Mm-hmm. John Shaw is another one. He's out in Vegas. He does this thing called Late Night Magic with like four other guys. And uh, I think there's a girl in there too. Um, but you know, he's another one. He's he's a sideshow performer. Mm-hmm. But you could tell you could tell who he is by his his facial hair and everything. He's got it cut in flames and all that. But still very talented. But then you've got the guys like David Blaine, where they will go on Jimmy Kimmel or something wearing a black T-shirt and right. you know a tracksuit. But the reason why he does that is because he says that the, the less flashy I look, the more people will look at what I'm doing in my hands. And I completely agree. But the problem now is the fact that everybody is trying to either duplicate Chris Angel or David Blaine, or they're trying to come up with something of their own that is so outlandishly ridiculous that people are either like, that's really cool. I'm going to watch that. Or what is he doing? Get off of my TV screen. Right. So diversity is great. Building a character is great. I have a character. I, when I'm on stage, I'm me, but I'm a lot more, you know, rambunctious. And the second that my rings and my hat go on, I'm in character. Mm. So, you know, I could, I could differentiate myself versus my character, but I also feel that I'm a little different than everybody else because I'm one of those magicians where I don't look like I know what I'm doing half the time. I can't tell you how many times you see these magicians on TikTok or on Facebook or Instagram who are sitting there at a table shuffling cards like they've been dealing blackjack for 30 years and they've got all of these skills. If I saw that guy sitting at a park bench doing that with a sign that said, come see a magic trick, I won't go up to him because I know I'm going to lose money. But if Mm -hmm. I mean, if I if I see a guy who's shuffling cards like this and you know, dropping cards and it's not like perfect. And then I see that he goes out and does this mind blowing trick. I'm going to be like, where did that come from? That was awesome. You know, it's like the, the, the pack small play big or um, 
you know, you don't want to look too flashy or else it's going to give too much away. I feel like the less flashy you are, the less, you know, out there you are, if you're good at what you do, you can get away with it because then people are going to be like, dude, there was this guy just sitting at the bar and all of a sudden he made this entire packet of salt disappear and it came out of my dollar. And then he just went back to drinking his beer. He just looked like some average dude instead of like going, Oh, there's a guy in a three piece suit and a hat over there. That guy's got to be a magician. I don't want to go near him. So, and I've seen that too. All about approach. Absolutely. Yeah. First impression. Like there's people I can, when I used to intern at the magic shop in New York city, Fantasma, mm. and there were people that would come in and I'd be like, you're a magician. I could just tell by the way you're talking. Mm. Now, okay. now the, the real important question is, um, when did you first read PT Barnum's, uh, autobiography <laughs> and what did you think of it? What Don't tell me you didn't read it. Don't tell me you didn't read it. Cause, cause you're quoting directly from, from it, man. Like, and if you haven't <laughs> read it, you need to read it now. I can't I, say I anything not, about it. I haven't heard of the so, book. So, so it's funny you bring up P.T. Barnum because I actually model a lot of my marketing after P.T. Barnum, but I've never read an autobiography. I, yeah, well, um, here's the thing. You read the autobiography, it actually tells you some of the other marketing schemes that he had, and they were okay. absolutely genius. Like at one point in time, he would hire a homeless man to walk around the block dropping a rock every couple of feet until okay. he walked right back into – the uh his his uh his shop and people would follow him and you know because he would do it for like an hour right and people would follow him and there was another one where he put took an ad out in the paper and he found the worst magician uh musicians possible to play jazz and he he then he advertised free jazz and then he would charge people 25 cents to get away from the bad music (laughs) that's awesome that's really good. I all right. Bro. I got I got a different book. <laughs> that, that is funny. Um. Oh my God! Wow. That wow. Imagine imagine marketing. being that bad. You got to pay people to leave. Like <laughs> yo, tell me about this That's Crystal Pepsi story. Speaking of marketing, since we're talking about branding <laughs> and everything like that, tell me about this Crystal Pepsi thing. No, you did your research, yeah, dude. Yeah, I, we, we, we we peeped on you. Uh, yeah, I like that. All right. So, do you want the story from when we got kicked out of Pepsi's headquarters, or do you want it from the you beginning? Give us everything. We got time, baby. Oh no, we want we want the beginning. We want the beginning. Let's go. We, yeah, I followed. Uh, when I, when I was uh, 18 years old, I graduated high school. I ended up getting a surgery. I got my large intestine removed. Um, I had the worst case of ulcerative colitis that had ever walked into Yale. So they had to remove my intestine. I actually died on the operating table for five minutes. And you're probably thinking, how does this have anything to do with Crystal Pepsi? No, well, continue. it's because when I was laying in bed, I, ha- I had YouTube on all the time. There were three things that I would watch all the time wrestling and practical jokers and youtube Mm. and on youtube there were a couple of channels that i kept up with one of them was angry grandpa the other one was la beast and la beast was a competitive eater and he would do like a hot dog eating contest every year he had a you know he had challenges where he would be like uh you know i'm gonna eat two jars of veggie mike that somebody sent me and he would just house these two and then throw up everywhere um you know he he did these ridiculous things like he's i'm like He's like, I'm going to eat a stick of butter. Just sit here and eat a stick of butter for no reason. And I was like, it would make me laugh. So like, as I'm watching all of this, I'm starting to become a fan. 
So there was one video that he did where he drank an expired bottle of Crystal Pepsi. And I had never heard of Crystal Pepsi. I was born in 93. Crystal Pepsi got taken out of stores. I believe it was 94. Mm -hmm. Um, So I see him drink this bottle of Crystal Pepsi and then he throws up all over the place and it went viral. And then a couple of months later, Surge came back onto the shelves, which was Coca-Cola's, I think it was their answer to Crystal Pepsi or it Mm -hmm. was like their 90s drink. And Mm -hmm. he caught wind of that and he's like, well, why isn't Pepsi bringing Crystal Pepsi back? There's a big 90s surge. Let's bring Crystal Pepsi back. So I kind of got on the bandwagon. So I found out that he's like, we're going to start a rally and we're going to try to convince Pepsi to do this. So we met at Delfino Park in White Plains, New York. Mm -hmm. He flew in from from Los Angeles. Yeah, from L.A. It's where he was living. And I was like, dude, I'm going to go. Like I would jump on his live streams. I was like, I'll I'll be there. And I walked from the Rye train station to Mm. Delfino Park, which was 11 and a half miles on a highway just so I can get there. Um, we ended up, we, we had banners made. We had a guy come in from Michigan with a big truck that had, it was like a custom box truck, uh, bring back Crystal Pepsi. We, we went to Pepsi headquarters where they hung up on us like three or four times. And I finally called and I was like, let me, let me talk to them. I'm good at talking to people. I'm pretty persuasion. So we, uh, I got them on the phone and I was like, Hey, is there any chance that we can at least get somebody? There's like 30 of us out here right now. Is there any chance you could send somebody in marketing out just so we can talk with them? Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know what? Because you sound nice. Yeah, we'll do it. So we met up there. They had one of their guys come out, LA beast. Whose real name is Kevin mm-hmm. walked in with them. And about 45 minutes later, after we were all thinking that they killed him, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he comes out about 45 minutes later and he's like, he kind of gives us like a thumbs up. And I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, well, you'll find out later. Slept at his house that night. Cause I missed the train going back to Connecticut mm-hmm. slept on the couch that he threw up on in the room when he did the crystal Pepsi video. So I, w- I thought that was great. And it lasted about four days. We, we invaded a party at uh, Bryant park in New York city that Pepsi was doing. Oh, wow. We went to the secondary headquarters, by the way, we got kicked out of all of these places. And then the last day, Uh like he was heading out to Chicago and I'm like, this surely this is going to work. Right. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. That was August, October. They announced that Crystal Pepsi was coming back to the shelves. And to this day, he he, he gives me the credit because if it wasn't me making that phone call to get their rep out, he doesn't think it would have happened. And I'm like, dude, I'm not the one with 3 million followers on YouTube. That is (laughs) your doing. Um, Oh, man. So, I mean, I, I could say that I had a hand in it. And then, of course, when it came out in stores, I, I I was doing very well monetarily at the time and went into every store and bought every single bottle. Uh, if you look <laughs> at my Instagram, like a couple of years there, like my buddy's kitchen mm-hmm. was just nothing but Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it worked. And and the thing that I get out of it is we convinced the, uh, the biggest consumer company in, on the planet to bring back their most failed product. All okay. because we, you know we were we were determined. Now hold on, hold on. I got I got this beautiful idea for you, man. Uh-oh. I don't know if you're already using it, but Uh-oh. like I'm an idea guy. I'm 100 mm-hmm. an idea guy. I don't know if you ever listen to the show or not, but here's the thing: what you do in your in your act at some point, you take like a, a regular bottle of Pepsi, right, and you tell this story, and while you're doing that, the color goes away from the Pepsi, and it just becomes crystal clear. 
Now, you see, that would be very good. The only problem is, is I would need a Crystal Pepsi bottle because I'd want to build onto that. And I haven't been able to find it in stores in almost four years now. But I like I like that idea. Okay, hold on a second. Well, now we've got the power of the interwebs. Dear interwebs, we are asking you to send this man as many bottles of Crystal Pepsi you can find. Expired or not expired, because a couple of years ago, L.A. Beast and I did meet up, mm-hmm. and a fan came. It was a it was a paranormal show that he was a part of at the Bijou Theater in Bridgeport, and a fan mm-hmm. came with a bottle of of Crystal Pepsi from the re-release. And this time, I drank it. Nice. So, like the 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 world came in a full circle because Kevin was looking at it, and, and I'm looking at Kevin, and I'm like you realize I have to be the one to drink this, right? He's like, yeah, you're right. Here you go. So we drank it on camera and I still have the bottle. That's the only bottle I have because he signed it. So oh, um, there you go. I, I will not be using that bottle, but if somebody no. could get me a bottle of crystal Pepsi, whether it has a beverage in it or it's empty, mm-hmm. I would gladly, gladly take it. Yes. You heard that people. Yeah. <laughs> How many are we that. broadcasting out to right now? Because I, I kind of want to do a magic trick. Um, go ahead. We're up. usually we we do like at least like a three hundred by the hour. Okay, that that's good. I like that. Yeah. So uh, here, here's what I want to do because there's a uh, because there's two of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy, say stop whenever. Actually, yeah, just say stop whenever you want. Easy. <laughs> stop. Okay, this card is going to be your card. Do you, do you, is that okay. is that clear? Do you see that? Yep, I see it. I understand. Okay, cool. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to try to keep my my, uh, my hands in full view at all times here. I'm going to give the deck a couple of cuts. I'm going to shuffle the deck a couple of times like this. Uh, was it the three of hearts? No. Okay, cool. So now what I want you to do is I want here. Let me try to fan these a little bit better. I want to see if you can actually see the card in here. And if you look really, really closely, you'll actually be able to, to see it pop right out at you. As a matter of fact, I could go and grab it just like that and pull yeah. The ten of diamonds right out of the deck, right? That was awesome. But then here's, but here's here's the cool part, though. So you take the ten of diamonds, right? I'm yeah. gonna take it. I'm gonna put it right here in my hat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Preston, wherever you would like, say stop. Stop. All right. So you stopped on the ten of clubs. Now that's that's close, but that's not the one that I need. Right. Uh, we'll use the next card instead, which just happens to be the ten <laughs> of diamonds, which means the one here is actually an ace. Put that together, and that's a damn good poker hand. (laughs) That's also a damn good blackjack hand, too. (laughs) So I I kind of do want to get into the tour, though, that I'm doing. I can banter with you guys all day. I like this. This has um, been a lot of fun. I love it. Seriously. And uh, I, I, granted, I don't even know how much time we have left. But no, uh, we, we, we got some time. Good. We got some okay, time. Okay, cool. Go ahead. So I'm doing a magic show tour called the IPA tour. Mm-hmm. It is a 21 and older uh, admission magic show. This is not a kid's magic show by any means. Uh, I, I tell jokes. I do magic. I, I, I tell stories about my past and my career, kind of like what I'm doing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got magic tricks that I would not do for a kid's party. Like I do a straight jacket escape. I, I have a chance oh, of wow. putting a nail through my foot. I, I play with fish hooks. Um, you know, I do uh, 
mentalism that kids wouldn't sit through, you know, but I, I read minds. I tell, you know, I, I pull things out of nowhere. I do, you know, sleight of hand. And it's a very interactive show that lasts roughly 75, 80 minutes, but it's a lot of fun. And it's called the IPA tour because the inside joke is I'm doing this at breweries all over New England and New York. I hate IPAs. I cannot stand IPAs. I I, I think they taste like they they taste gross. Um, So I figure I'm like, I got to come up with a catchy name for this. So I was like, IPA illusion plus alcohol that works. So I made up a little teaser promo, sent it to a whole bunch of breweries. And within a week, 30 of them got back to me and they're like, we love this. Let's do it. Yeah. So so, uh, I figured I already sent them the poster. All the poster says, it's a picture of me. It says the IPA tour 2024 coming to a brewery near you. Beautiful. That's, that's what hooked them. Yeah. And, um, I didn't give them any details on the show. All I said is it's a 21 and older show and I could do it for about a hundred people in a tap room, depending on how much they, you know, how many people that they hold. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's going to be awesome because like I did this show at two roads brewery in November Mm. and I'll admit it was a time in my life where I was, my confidence was like low. You know, where it's right. like, you're, you're like just in a rut and you're like, damn, I really don't want to, like, I almost canceled the show. That's how bad my head was. Oh my goodness. But Ooh. the fact of not only did I sell it out, mm. not only was I able to be completely unfiltered, completely real me, right. not a kid's magician anymore. Cause that's what I did for 15 years was kids parties. The fact that I was not able to leave for an hour after that show because people came up to me and wanted to talk to me and take pictures and have me sign things. Mm -hmm. And they were saying it was one of the best magic shows they had ever seen. I was like, this is it. This is it. This is, this is what was behind the the legends of the hidden temple rock wall. You know, this is what I was looking for. (laughs) Like I can tell he liked that reference too. Like, like, like this is the niche. I'm done doing kids magic shows. This is what I got to do now. And it worked. So I kind of just, I I took advantage of, you know, the, the, the fact that people were, dare I say, feeling the Kavorka and um, took it out and and took it out to the road. And and guess what? It's working. Now I've got 32 breweries booked and I've still got like 60 of them waiting for me to get back, you know, waiting to get back to me for dates. That's beautiful. Depending on how my summer goes, I might continue this tour after Labor Day. Yeah, I would. Oh, so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it and probably my, feels better. But, like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. I was going to say my girlfriend's all for it, too, until she realizes how much I'm going to be driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, she's like, you're never home. And I'm like, wait until March. You're not going to see me till Memorial Day, dude. Oh, Cause I mean, I'm going everywhere. I've got like, there's, there's, there's weekends where I've got one gig in Oyster Bay, New York. Mm-hmm, and then the next mm-hmm. one, I got to go to Mashpee, Massachusetts, you know, like the next day. Yeah. But I've always wanted to tour. I've always wanted to see what the touring life is like. I've tried it in the past. It didn't work this time. It's, this is what I want. You know, yeah, you seem to be in the right mental space for it. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. All, is, I, all I've been doing for the last three months is like promotion and booking this tour. And it's like, it's. I think it's the fact that I've got a show that I'm so confident about. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is this is what I want to show people. This is what I want people to know me as. 
Mm. And I finally got it. Yeah. And and you want to know something that, that actually makes this su- super incredible for the people that are just listening on the radio right mm. now. This man is actually in his car with his seatbelt buckled, ready to already go on tour. Right, you know, That's how ready this you man know, baby. is. He showed up to <laughs> this interview today yes, ready sir. to go on tour. Yes, it's sir. My boy is determined. I, I have right. a gig in a little bit. I, I got a gig. Like, right after we're done, I got to head up to, to, to a gig that I'm doing. So, like, I'm partially – like, I got my button down. It's not button. Um <laughs> You know, my, my, my bowler, my, my, my freaking fedora is in the back. Like, uh, I'm ready. Like, my show's in the trunk right now underneath all of right. my kids' stuff. Um, I'm always ready. I always have Got a deck of cards in my pocket, too. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. ABC, man. ABC. Always, always doing it. Always be closing. Always be closing. I was going to say, always be closing. Or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Creating. Yeah. Always, I guess always be creating too. Always be always creating. Be you always got to create new stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially well, in your it, profession. It's you funny know? because I don't have a creative bone in my body. <laughs> I really don't. I what what I like if, if you gave me a deck of cards to come up with a concept that nobody's ever seen that can fool pen and teller, I'd be like, uh no. Oh. But my 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 whole thing is I can mm. take tricks and I can morph them together and I can create stories out of them. Right. Well, that, that's the key is, is, is becoming a great storyteller. And that's something that's yep. with every single art form, you know, it, it really uh, relies on it. Now, when you're, you're – I have not seen your – we've never met before, right? No, I mean, no. <laughs> I've never seen your act or anything like that. Um, the stories that you tell, are they autobiographical? Are they the character itself? Because, you know, you also talked about being a wrestling fan. You talked about how your character is pretty much – you on 11 which is really if you look back at all the the most successful wrestlers in the world it was really just them up yeah. to 11 yeah um yeah so is it autobiographical or is it a fictional character like i said are you back in narnia no um, no no so it, a lot of it a lot of it is true to heart it's true to like i i tell the story about how i got uh, i got so wasted in new york city i thought i time traveled that's a true story um, you know, I, I tell, I tell the story about how I put a nail through my hand back in high school. That's a true story, mm. but you know, you, you also, and I'm quoting, uh, the Mac and dream, that's the roads. Uh, you never <laughs> let the truth get in the way of a good story. Exactly. So there are some things in the show that are over embellished just a little bit, but you'll never figure out what exactly it is because I'm just that good at telling the stories. And there are things that I may or may not have had to add to from other friends of mine that just make the story a lot more compelling. Um, But at the same time, the things that have actually happened to me, yeah, it's actually happened to me. I actually did get drunk to the point where I thought I time traveled to 1958 down in Coney Island. I, you know, I did have an instance where I was performing close-up magic at a nightclub and did magic for Wiz Khalifa for two hours and had no idea who it was. Um, I, I did, in fact, see Penn & Teller 16 times on Broadway to the point where they not only knew me by a first-name basis, but if, it, if they didn't have to do Jimmy Kimmel that night or uh, Jimmy Fallon that night, they were going to go out to lunch with me. Um, yeah, and, and Teller talked to me, and that kind of threw me off guard, too. I was like, whoa, hold on a second. This is breaking. Don't break yeah. anything. But, um, yeah, I... I like magicians and acts in general where it's you could relate to them because you're up there. You're seeing a real person. 
I -hmm. talk about how I was homeless and living on a subway. Mm -hmm. I talk about my surgery. I talk Mm -hmm. about my family problems that Mm -hmm. I had because when I was coming up, my family and they still don't support this. They, they think I should get a real job. It's been an 18 year argument that I just finally gave up on, you know? Mm. Um, but it's me, it's genuine. It's real. I, it's when I feel the most confident in myself is when I'm up there and you can see that, you know? And, um, I feel like anybody, anybody who wants to like get their name out, they have to be, they have to be bigger than what they really are. And, Oh boy, did it just start snowing? (laughs) (laughs) The real magic right there. The real magic. Oh my goodness. Um, and the real yeah. magic is I didn't say the second time with WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Because I'm so wrapped up in this awesomeness that is Chris right here in our program. And so, um, so make sure you don't get in trouble. Oh, I, I probably am, <laughs> but it's cool. I'm all right with this. I'll take the L on this one. But um, is besides Madison Square Garden, what other venues are your dream venues? Well, Madison Square Garden is my life goal. I want yeah. to be the first magician to sell out a show at Madison Square Garden. And there's another guy who claims that he did it, but it wasn't a complete magic show. It was a comedy show with a little bit of magic thrown in there. So mm. I want that title. But let's see. Other venues, huh? Um, somebody asked me if I would do the sphere in Vegas, and I, I flat out said no. Because I don't think that <laughs> – I don't, I don't think it's a performance venue. I think it's a giant movie theater. I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree on that. When I you, totally when you agree. There, yes. When you two was there. How yeah. many people watched you two? No, nobody. Nobody. No, but not what you probably didn't even the know there was a band on I that stage. Totally agree. It's an attraction. Um, yes. And, and go ahead. Even, well, well, before we, I want to dive into that actually because you okay. two has become so dependent on all those pops and whistles that 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 are that go around. They've been doing that since the Lemon Tour, and I can yeah. honestly say that because I saw them at the Tibetan Freedom concert the same year okay. as as the Lemon Tour, and you know. Uh, Bono was out in just a sweatshirt and like sunglasses. Like that's just yeah. kind of like what it was. And they were one of the worst bands I've ever seen. They you were see, not t- they were not held together. It was rough. When I when I saw them years ago, I thought they were very good. Um I I feel like they need to change their set list up a little bit, but you know, that's just me. I I'm also I'm a huge concert goer. So like, you yes. know, I I yeah. love I love music. I love going to concerts. Um, but I also Wait. go to concerts so I can get inspiration for my show too. Right. You know, I, I look at go. lighting, I sound, I look at like crowd, you know, control and all that. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how I can, you know, uh, attribute that. But uh, going back to the sphere, um, I think it was, uh, Paul Stanley recently that, that said it, somebody asked him if kiss was going to do the sphere and he's like, nobody's going to go there and watch the band. You're all there for the big theatrics on the screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Coming from the band that's literally the second biggest theatrical band on the planet right now next to Romstein, that's that's saying something. If they don't want to do it, you know something's got to change there. I mean, granted, I respect them for for doing what they did as far as building a theater that is so crystal clear. Apparently, it is the clearest screen on the planet right now. It's like 16 – or it was – 16k or something like that or it makes it makes 4k look like you know 720p well Um, to keep things massively clear and especially clearing up that you've got the the uh the tour coming up can we talk mm -hmm. about a little bit 
where um where you're going to be starting off this tour and and how people can oh, get tickets yeah, right uh, now? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely absolutely um so i'm going to be starting march 1st at uh uh Brantford. stony stony creek mm-hmm. brewery in Brantford. they actually booked me twice nice. from nice. there from there i think i'm going to massachusetts i don't have the schedule in front of me it's actually on my phone and i can't close out zoom mm-hmm. um <laughs> but i'm going uh so march 1st no, actually, I lied. The The one after that is up in uh, basically in Canada because I'm going to St. Albans City, Vermont, which Ooh. you can you can hit a golf uh, a golf ball to Canada from there. Oh, um, wow. Coming back, doing Massachusetts. I'm doing a couple of them in New York. I'm doing some in Rhode Island and then it ends at Two Roads Brewery. So it's um, it's it's between March 1st and May 24th. So I'm stopping Memorial Day weekend. There you go. And awesome. we're looking forward to it, man. We gotta go to one of these shows, easy. See what he's all about. Oh, I'm in, dude. I'm totally yeah, in. Yeah, March. yeah, no, no, March dude. First. Let me know. Let Absolutely. me know what, which one you want to come to. Um, could I plug like where to get tickets on here? Go yeah, right that's, 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 that's that was you. the next question. Yeah, yeah. Well, because a couple of the the podcasts and shows that I've been doing recently, they're like, yeah, we kind of can't have you mention anything as far as like where people can buy. Weird. Um, so you could go to my website www.chrislanglemagic.com slash IPA mm-hmm. and you can get the tickets right there. I've got all of the, if you go onto the website, you go to the, uh, the IPA tour 2024, mm-hmm. it'll bring you to a page. You scroll down. It's got all of the breweries logos. They're all in chronological order. You basically, you go and you, you find the brewery you want to go to. You tap on get tickets. Tickets are 40 bucks. General admission. Some breweries are including a drink with it. Um, but I told them that they can include all of that on their own time and, you know, Penny, because I don't want to get too involved with that, but because people are going to ask is beer included? Yes. But for certain venues, Mm. um, but you could get your tickets right on my website. Um, you know, it's, it's online purchase only. I don't believe anything is going to be available at the door that night. And, uh, yeah, I, all of the venues have limited seats. I think it's up to a hundred. So they're going to be intimate shows, but they're going to be very, you know, very thought out. That's awesome. Chris, we're unfortunately going to get to the end of the program. Um, just have time for one more trick. Um, no, fortunately, no, but we'll love to bring you back on again and talk more tricks, a little bit more about your industry, what you do. And yeah. it's it you exceeded our expectations, man. It's been a great conversation. It really has. Well, yeah, you could get lost in a great conversation. Yeah, I think brother. It's almost twelve right now. So, mm. um, I'm glad you guys had me on. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, when will this be live? This will be live Monday, okay. January 29th. Well, when it is live January 29th, I will make sure that it is posted to all of my stuff, so that way I can get my followers to get onto your speaking stuff. of your stuff can you tell our followers where is your stuff there you go follow me follow me on tiktok instagram youtube and facebook at chris langle magic as a matter of fact i don't know if it'll come in here uh you could if they're watching live right now you can scan that qr code there you go that is just my business card. Literally, you've got this, and then you've got uh, you've got that side, which you know that's all of my other information. <laughs> but like right there, Chris Langle Magic. That uh-huh. is me. Mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Google Plus for the two people that still use that. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm easy to be found, and uh, I, I'm always I'm always looking to collaborate with people. Chris, we appreciate you. My, myself, Preston, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City Made, EZ Blues. Thank you once yeah. again. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Wondering what to write about, trying to figure out what it's all about. Excellent, Celeste. Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know.